We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. And welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday night, the 2nd of November, 2022, 6 p.m. Mountain Time on the dot. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, Luke Patterson. Time for Mile High Insiders. Luke, how you doing, big guy? How's how's life out there in the Mile High City? It's good, man. It's it's We're turning over a new leaf, quite literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. I mean, season's changing. We just got through Halloween. It's November now, right? Hard to believe that Thanksgiving is right around the corner. The holidays are coming up, but yeah. it has been a busy bye week <laughs> for the Denver Broncos. All sorts of opinions out there in the wake of the Bradley Chubb trade with Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins. Just hours away from uh, removed from that trade, rather. Draymond Jones comes out today, gets AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars in London, where Scott on the ones and twos was witnessing that performance. And uh, yeah, man, it's just a busy bye week, but it's yeah. it's a good, exciting time right now, I think, for Broncos country. I know a lot of people are frustrated, and I want to hear both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh... Very bittersweet. Uh, I think that's the word that Carl used a few times in yesterday's show with Scott about moving on from Bradley Chubb. I know that there was always a lot of criticism surrounding Bradley Chubb for many reasons. I mean, he wasn't Von Miller. That doesn't make him not a good player, but that's because Von Miller is probably one of the best edge rushers in the last decade. Uh, He's been injured, number five overall picks. A lot of people wanted Quentin Nelson. The fact that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen went in the same draft. But in the end, uh, I think I would say overall successful, uh, somewhat successful, yet incomplete time in Denver, uh, especially with the end result for Denver being a first round pick in this trade. But definitely bittersweet because it felt like we were finally kind of starting to see who Chubb was supposed to be as that number five overall pick this year. Uh, They were putting him in situations that I know there's like the what is the pass rush win rate and whatnot for Granny Gregory, Nick Benito, uh, Baron Browning was all higher than Bradley Chubb, but they were putting Bradley Chubb in the B gap a lot, you know, like taking on double teams. He had a much tougher uh, draw out there assignment-wise, more onus on the run game as well. He was playing great this season, probably one of the reasons, despite his injuries and only having half a year of a contract left, still getting the Broncos a first-round pick. 
Mm, that first round pick is back just like our guy albert knoppers his support always back in the house thank you so much albert good to see you you're exactly right nick i mean i think people are really divided on this yeah. right anytime you see a, a player especially a popular player and let's not mistake that bradley chubb i mean they're 55s all over the town uh radio stations promoting you know when he got uh drafted here t-shirts i mean this this was a good dude uh, never got yeah. in trouble really or anything like that was a consummate professional i respect bradley chubb i've got to interact with him a few times he's been good to me uh but a lot a lot of the times i feel like there's that negative connotation when a player is traded yeah. and especially when it's a fan favorite but on the other side of the coin you look at bradley chubb and how many other teams wanted him coveted him mm. i mean that's a compliment in its own right and now that bradley chubb is going to be getting a what we imagine to be a monster deal in miami uh you got to feel good if you're a member of broncos country you can reminisce you can be a little bit bummed but he's in the afc south he's he's not necessarily the broncos problem you're not going to see him twice a year or anything like that so you wish him well and, and you move forward but nick a first rounder the premium is premium can get my friend. I feel really good about that. I've been campaigning for Chubb to get traded just because of that injury history for a long time. I heard an interesting quote on the, on the airwaves today, driving around the mile high city saying, uh, and I, I forget who said it. I think it was Joel Klatt over at Fox sports, but he said, you don't want to play. You don't want to pay a good player. Great money. And that all depends on the market, man. I mean, timing is everything. Draymond Jones is about to find that out. No, he's not Aaron Donald. But Bradley Chubb's got to do what's best for his position and the next wave of pass rushers that are coming up. Now, no, I don't think he's going to set the market, but he's about to get paid just like Draymond. Yeah, definitely some some money about to be given out to some of those former Bronco draft picks. And let's say hello to some people coming in. You're talking about money. Eddie Vasquez, money, says number and Draymond Jones. Number 93 needs to take the reins. Got to say his farewells. Don't be a crybaby and put it on his blinders back on uh, like the Bronco that he is and rally our D to success. He's up to bat now. Show us what you got. I think that obviously you can be a little bit bitter, uh, upset about it because that's one of your guys. Von Miller was one of your guys. Uh, same bleep different year uh, for a player like that. But in the end of the day, you know, th that was an emotional response and that's fine uh, at that moment. But I think when the the time comes, uh, the emotional response will not be there as much because I think the Broncos are going to show him the money and he's going to be happy with that. Yeah, what's up, Eddie? I appreciate that, man. Yeah, 93, he, Draymond, he needs to take the reins. All eyes are on you now, big fella. And here's the thing about Draymond Jones, and I can see why Eddie's saying, stop crying about losing Bradley Chubb because we're a little bit removed from the situation. We're not as close. Yeah. Um Draymond Jones is a defensive lineman that loves to wear his emotions on his sleeve, and I never want him to change. That is authentic as Draymond Jones can get. He's got some memorable press conference lines from his time at Ohio State with Urban Meyer and facing the Jags that week a couple years ago. And uh, he's just a real charismatic guy, and I want him to be himself. He's also kind of a, a jerk on the field, and I like that. That's what you want from your defensive lineman. You want a tough, no-nonsense, I want to get after you, I'm going to talk smack, and I'm going to frustrate the offensive line. And I think Draymond Jones definitely does that with his play on the field, but I think he's able to get into some guys' heads as well. So I don't have any problems with the big man you know, saying farewell to Bradley Chubb. That's one of his dudes. And the D-line and the edge rushers seem really close. That seems like how 
just it always is, no matter the team, um, the level of football or whatever. But I quite hear you really in, in the trenches, right? Like quite literally. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. They're in the trenches together, man. And and it's funny, too, because they just they can't stand each other. The O-line and the D-line. I mean, mm-hmm. your teammates, your teammates. But there is a huge rivalry there, too. Um, so, yeah, Draymond Jones, AFC Defensive Player of the Week against the Jaguars in London, uh, where the Broncos got that 21-17 victory. Again, Draymond Jones coming up with seven tackles three tackles for a loss and one sack nick when you woke up this morning and maybe you even saw the news early early this morning i know it was a late night for you uh what was your initial reaction to draymond jones afc defensive player of the week just hours after bradley chubb was traded uh my first thought was the agenda is strong all this offseason <laughs> for two years i've been screaming yeah. how good draymond jones is a lot of people are like oh, i think he's just okay like oh, he's top 10 interior defensive lineman. Uh, he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, he's not Chris Jones, but he's probably pushing his way into that top seven discussion, top five. And he's young. He's really talented, not elite against the run, but man, they're giving him some one-on-ones this season. A credit to Giro Evero with how he likes to play that penny front, getting those matchups up there, uh, using Draymond Jones all across the defensive line. And he's winning his matchups. So second time in his career, I believe he's been AFC defensive player of the week. Uh, in his, what is this, fourth year in his career. That's pretty darn good for a position that doesn't typically accumulate the stats like you see from a linebacker or a edge rusher. So Draymond Jones, great player. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that with Bradley Chubb moving on now and you know, wishing him the best out there in Miami, don't have to cheer against him and his team because the Broncos had the 49ers pick, but I'm hoping that this opens up a little bit more eyes and we can start uh, pushing further the Draymond Jones propaganda that I've been screaming for about two, two and a half years now. Yeah, I think you've been screaming that as long as I've been screaming to trade Bradley Chubb. I think <laughs> we've both been consistent in that. Um, yeah, Draymond Jones has is, is come onto the scene real strong the last two years, especially. But I need to see that level of consistency. And I think that George Payton coming out saying, yeah, we want to work something out with Draymond at the end of the year. You know, that's that's as much motivation as Draymond Jones probably needs. He doesn't need much more being a big man in the trenches and coming about his work on a day in and day out basis. But uh, big man wants to get paid and he wants to stay here with the Denver Broncos, I would assume. Jay Valentine coming in saying overall, I'm hella happy with the trade deadline moves. B plus for sure. So, Nick, in this trade. The Denver Broncos sent Bradley Chubb in a 2025 fifth round pick over to Miami, receiving, of course, as you mentioned, that 2023 first round San Francisco 49ers pick, a 2024 fourth round pick and a running back. Some guy named Chase Edmonds. Perhaps you've heard of him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. And sorry, I totally forgot to turn off my heat again. The vent is right above me. If it's too annoying, I'll run up there and turn it off. But Chase Edmonds, I believe he went to Fordham University, uh, did some things out there with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, uh, running around there with that spread uh, air raid kind of offense and uh, signed a big contract uh, to go to Miami. But he tends to uh, kill the uh, go kill the heat, says Scott. I'll be on it here in a second. Um, But uh, yeah, no, he's definitely brings a speed and a receiving threat to the Broncos offense that they have been lacking this season. I think the Broncos this year have broken off. What is it? One or two 20 yard run this entire season. Uh, that's yeah. more of an offensive line stat than a running back stat in my opinion, but the the running game has been bad. They're adding another weapon to that. And big thing, nobody, I don't haven't heard anybody else talk about this yet. Uh, at least in any of the areas that I listen to the Broncos or consume their media, but why did the Broncos bring in chase Edmonds? Why did this trade have to happen with him involved? The Rams or the, excuse me, the dolphins had to get to a certain area in the cap. Uh, to take on Bradley Chubb's salary. That couldn't happen. The Broncos couldn't eat salary at the point when the deal was made. So that meant that the Dolphins had to send a player back uh, for the the money to work out. Broncos end up taking a running back uh, in that regard. And I'll be right back. I'm going to kill the heat. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I will say, just to add to that, I think that Chase Edmonds is not here by accident. I think that George Payton realizes the running back room needs an upgrade. There are a lot of positions that need an upgrade, if we're being honest. And yes, Broncos country, I see you on Twitter. I see you in the comment section talking about Lloyd Cushenberry, that change at center with Graham Glasgow, the running backs, the offense. They were able to find some success. Uh, But for me, man, I've been pretty critical over the running back room, especially without Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon... I think we've kind of seen what we can see out of him when the chips are down Nathaniel Hackett and the rest of this team don't really seem to trust Melvin Gordon. They've got Latavius Murray in there when it's crunch time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Chase Edmonds gets his stuff together uh, here in Denver is if he's going to be activated early on. I know he spoke a little bit earlier today. I think it was with Broncos official team media. And he said, look, I'm going to go down to Miami, uh, take care of some stuff. And then I'm going to be back here on Sunday. So I don't know if he's going to start diving into the playbook right away and be expected to play. I don't know what this means for Mike Boone. The biggest thing that I could probably say about Chase Edmonds is he was brought in to support Russell Wilson. And what does that mean? Not just in the running game. He's not necessarily a bruiser like Latavius Murray, but this is a running back in Chase Edmonds that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he talked about that specifically with the Broncos media today. He said, look, I want to help Russell Wilson catch the ball out of the backfield. I want to alleviate some of that stress and alleviate some of that pressure. But my biggest thing from Chase Edmonds and seeing uh, his introductory 
not press conference, but his first meeting with Broncos media today, if you will, is that he said, I'm a team guy. I want to do what the team asks of me and I want to be here and I want to be successful. And he sounded excited to be here with Russell Wilson. So for Russell Wilson, taking all those slings and arrows and the subway commercials and all those sorts of things, man, he's got one guy, at least in Chase Edmonds, the new guy from Miami who seems to be really excited to play with him. I'm excited to see what Chase Edmonds can do. I think it's going to be a lot like Latavius Murray, where it takes a couple weeks before he gets involved. Ultimately, I think George Payton wanted Mike Boone to be that running back to catch the ball out of the backfield. For whatever reason, a bunch of stuff just hasn't happened well. We'll see if Chase Edmonds can do it. And Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Nick, if you want to do podcasting or radio, you got to unhit that mic button, buddy. Happens to me all the time, and you correct me. Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Appreciate you, Phil. Hello, Nick, Luke, and Deacon Scott. Deacon Scott back from across the pond. Couldn't believe the difference in the offensive line when Graham Glasgow came in at center. Will Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson finally get the message that Cush isn't the guy? Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. I mean, it definitely looked better when Glasgow went in there. It's a very small sample size, though, so I, I would... I've been calling for Glasgow to be moved to the center for a bit. I know Scott has as well. Eric's been extremely critical of Glasgow, or excuse me, of uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, but it's still a very small sample size. I don't think that this unfortunately is a, okay, now the line is fixed. Uh, Dalton Reisner is still struggling out there. Glasgow struggles to do much in the run game as far as movement and space. So you have issues at uh, the tackle position. So this is not, this is going to be far from a, fixing the offensive line, but it might be enough to at least offer you some competence going forward. Why Cushenberry starting? Why did it take so long? A lot of uh, talk that Russell Wilson preferred uh, giving Lloyd Cushenberry a shot there yep. at center with his six foot three uh, height versus Graham Glasgow at six, six. Now Russell Wilson did play for a number of years in Seattle with a six foot six center and Ethan Pokasik. Uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, but uh Let's just call it as it is. Lloyd Cushenberry was struggling. Uh, the Both the quarterback and the center position were struggling with those uh, pre-snap uh, blitz calls, uh, line adjustments there. I mean, we all remember the Chargers game where there was about 50 blitzes up the A-gap where the Broncos, I mean, Russell Wilson, as soon as he got the ball, he was on the turf because he's getting sacked. So hopefully that can get be corrected a little bit. But center is a massive uh, long-term need for this team. I know a lot of people, you know, Broncos are all talking draft right now. He just got some new draft picks. Center is a position I think you need to go out there and spend money on. Whoever the best center is that's out there, mm. literally beat everybody else in the market and pay them and bring somebody in because you don't have, I don't think you have time to work through a rookie center right now. You need somebody who can come in and st uh, stabilize that interior, go pay a center big money. I'd agree with that. And you could probably get away with an average center. You don't need a world beater. You know, you don't need a, a Creed Humphrey. You don't need to find that type of guy in the draft. And you don't need to go pay that type of guy in free agency. I was surprised, Nick, that they didn't do anything really during this bye week, at least yet on the offensive line. The trade deadline came and went. Um, but looking at the free agent market here, I mean, you got a guy like John Feliciano, who's available at center at the eight, ripe age of 30. Um, you know, not a lot of options when you look at av available free agents. Uh, in the NFL. My issue with Graham Glasgow, man, it's so tough for this guy to move because of his injury history, specifically with the lower legs. I like the story. I love the family. But it's just one of these things where I can't trust him to stay healthy for the entire season, just like we can't trust Lloyd Cushenberry to perform well for the entire season. So the Broncos have themselves a real dilemma there. I think they're going to need both guys, and you're probably going to see hopefully one guy tag in while the other tags out for some rehab. Uh, but it's an issue. 
However, you did see results in the second half of that football game. Uh, the offensive line, it, it's a concern, and it's been a concern for years. But one of these things is uh, certain. The center position, it's got to be upgraded, Nick, by hook or by crook. And Graham Glasgow, you're up, buddy. Yeah, definitely. And security is a big thing on Broncos country's mind, security and protection. And Broncos country, if you're like me, you're getting more and more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not all that tech savvy, but what I do know is I now use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's my desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy for me to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive to use. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data are all protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I'm never a slave to media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to any market I want that is showing the NFL game that I'm most interested in that time. So I don't have to miss out on any of the action. Let me tell you, living out in Seattle, missing, not missing Bronco games, but a lot of Bronco games are not local because the darn sea chickens playing at the same time. Uh, Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get four months free. Make sure you try it out today. Boom, boom, boom. NordVPN has got your back, just like Nick and I. And Scott, we all have your back here on MHI. You guys can get to Nick on Twitter, at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly, at Luke Patterson LP. And do not forget Deacon Scott, at Scout Kennedy. Yeah, man, there's a lot that needs to be improved. It's the Jags, <laughs> right? But a win is a win. And mm-hmm. I will never apologize for that. The game certainly did not start off well. Everyone had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn to get that thing going. And thank goodness it turned around. But... What are your expectations coming out of the bye right now, Nick? I mean, right now we're feeling pretty good, right? We got a first round draft pick back. We've got a new running back in town. Um, hopefully, Draymond Jones is feeling himself, pounding his chest a little bit with some momentum coming out of the bye week. But what are your expectations for this team? And the reason I ask you, Nick, is because a lot of people seem to think that this move in trading Bradley Chubb is George Payton throwing in the towel for the 2022 season. What say you? It was the edge pressure position was a position where in theory you could probably live moving on for from somebody like Bradley Chubb. Now your defense will take a step back probably, but at the same time, there are reps available for Nick Benito. Who's been looking better by the week. Uh, maybe not in run defense, but definitely as a pass rusher, Baron Browning, you're hoping to get back at some point. You just paid Randy Gregory, big money, Jonathan Cooper, and you traded for Jacob Martin. So it was an opportunity thing. I think if somebody didn't offer a first round pick, or let's say that you were talking with Chubb's agent and there was a deal there that you both liked and agreed upon, Chubb probably would still be here. But sitting there at three and five, you have these other edge rushers that you want to get snaps that are very talented and a first-round pick where you can start to chip away at that deficit that you had coming into this season after the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, it's definitely not a win-now move, but it's definitely not a I'm giving up on the season move. Uh, if you Let's say you traded both Hamler and Jerry Judy and you're sitting there playing Kendall Hinton and God knows who at wide receiver. That's a give up on the season kind of move. I mean, that's <laughs> one where you like, I, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. We don't have guys to throw to. Let's just try not to get injured and get to the end of the season. You still have plenty to build upon this season, even without Chubb going forward. 
that is true. And and I know Bradley Chubb definitely tried to come on a little bit later in his career as a leader, especially trying to be more vocal. So the defense still get hit. They lost one of their guys, one of their friends, one of their brothers, if you will. Um, so I think you got to see a guy like Justin Simmons really step up. Kareem Jackson really step up. Draymond Jones, you're up, man. Who's going to take ownership over this defensive line? You can do it. I, I mean, right now, we're all looking at you, 9-3, just like our guy Eddie said earlier. Rodney Garcia coming in. Hello, Nick, Luke, and Scott. I give the trade a B because we have got to focus on how the 49ers finish the season. That's what we need to keep our eyes on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the good thing about that, Rodney, is I feel like Broncos country always kind of has an eye on what's going on with those damn 49ers because of John Lynch, because of Kyle Shanahan, because of the Broncos connection, the tree, if you will. Now I'm wondering if Broncos country is going to pay a little bit more attention to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you got Mike McDaniel down there. Now you got Bradley Chubb. Are you starting to see a San Francisco 49ers maybe in South Beach? It's I don't know. It's kind of odd, but I definitely hear what Rodney's saying there. Um there's a lot attached to what the 49ers are, are going to be doing with their record and the relevance of that first round draft pick. But the Broncos still need to win. There is still a lot of football to play and the manner in which they play it. That's going to affect a lot of moves this offseason. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we are not yet in the evaluation aspect. Uh, we are in the fighting for our darn lives out here with Hackett and a lot <laughs> of these guys. And uh, it's a week by week basis. One thing that is the immediate implication of this Chubb trade that has me extremely concerned uh, last week against the Jags, the Broncos got absolutely embarrassed in outside zone run defense. They were freaking horrible in outside zone run defense, whether it be the strong safety coming down, filling in the uh, the the C gap on some of that, what sometimes you see with cover six looks uh, Nick Benito, number 99 on the Broncos defensive line, uh, Jonathan Cooper, jo Jonas Griffith Broncos got butchered on outside zone this last week. I think there was a ETN ran for 166 yards or something on uh, not a lot of carries. It kind of went away from him in the second half, which doesn't make any sense. Now, while Travis Henry isn't the most like classic, you know, slasher type of running back, there's no doubt in my mind, they're going to be targeting the edges after what they saw the Broncos do last week against the Jags with, uh, with uh, Derek Henry. Maybe even we'll see Malik Willis still, although it's two weeks away, who knows, but that's my biggest immediate concern with this team going forward. Uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball, offense has gotten, we don't have enough time to go through it all or rehash it. But on the defensive side of the ball, the outside zone run looks, Broncos look really soft on the edges in run defense. And that's going to get worse with Bradley Chubb being shifted off. Mm, that's where Williams coming in here to your point, Nick. How good was Chubb at setting the edge? 
Chubb has some power, man. Chubb had power. He had reach. And every player gets beat in the NFL, all right? Yes, Bradley Chubb's been pancaked. But he's not an easy pancake by any means. He's a thick, strong, massive dude that understands leverage. He understands how to use reach. I thought he did a damn good job, especially on the run, at setting that edge and not overcommitting. Very early on in a pass rusher's career, it is super easy. And you're going to see it with Nick Benito now because this team has to press a little bit with their pass rushers. And just pinning their ears back and going for the quarterback. That's when you see guys like Lamar Jackson truly make their bones, and they are going to make their bones here sooner or later in the NFL, uh, escaping the pocket. Pocket. Russell Wilson used to be able to do that, make his bones at that, and hopefully the Broncos can get back to it. But Nick, the offense. I want to. I want to get to the offense a little bit because we saw simplification, oversimplification, if you will. Finally, something everyone has been crying: quick slant routes, quick handoffs. I mean, let's get Russ under center. What happened at halftime? Was there a change in play calling? Was there a meeting of the minds and someone just decided to surrender ground? Because it was such a seismic shift in the way that the play calling was between the first half and the second half. Did you pick up on that? I think they just started executing. I mean, this is a big frustrating thing with uh, Nathaniel Hackett this season and Russell Wilson is that you go back and we've all seen it across Twitter, you know, the, uh, the screen grab uh, Twitter scouts. But like, look, this guy's open. This guy's open. There have been guys open and Russ has been missing them, whether he's not seeing them because he's immediately, you know, got guys in his face or he's locking onto somebody, uh, not trusting other guys out there. Uh, it's definitely an issue, but I think it was just a little bit of getting things rolling and getting other guys involved. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, been saying that he's probably Broncos wide receiver one now since, you know, a couple years ago, but uh, he's been struggling uh, these last three weeks. And even with Russell Wilson locking onto him, he's been struggling. So, what is, what's happening now? You're seeing Russell Wilson go elsewhere. KJ Hamler getting some big haymakers. I mean, that's speed mm. kills. And if you can get those explosive plays, even when they're playing two deep safeties, uh, that's that's really great to see. Uh, you also have Jerry Judy uh, getting his own drive out there. Greg Dulcich, uh, some easy check down kind of stuff out there, bringing a different dynamic to this offense. And I mean, Cortland Sutton probably can't play much worse than he did last week. So uh, I think it's more of the execution getting in here and Russell Wilson starting to understand where the ball should go based on coverages in this offense, hopefully uh, going forward more so than this is my guy. I'm going to trust this matchup and go with it. Yeah, they're trust right now. That's going to be something the Broncos are going to be tested with, especially this defense. Who's going to step up in the wake of the Bradley Chubb trade to the Miami Dolphins? Who can they trust on? And Don Juan is wondering a little bit here about trusting the Broncos. 199 Super. Appreciate you so much, Don. What's the over under for eight wins on the year, Nick? Oh, man, I think right now that's about right at the number. I'd put them at seven uh, just okay. because I still don't trust the offense. They've got through the easiest part of their schedule with only three wins. Uh, luckily, this next half is not as formidable as we thought it would be, but still tough. Uh, you know, Titans, luckily, you have a bye week to prepare for the Titans, but you can't. You struggled really stopping the run last week, like I already talked about. I'm nervous about that with the Titans. Uh, Raiders, I mean, for some reason, they have your number. And then after that... Can't even remember, but it should be an interesting game. Over under for eight, I probably would go seven wins right now, but eight is definitely uh, the next most likely. I think seven is fair, and you just you have to see the defense step up, and I think you're going to see that at some point. Now, is it going to be against the Titans immediately after the bye? 
Not sure. That's a damn good football team that is coached extremely well. One thing that the Titans are, and you can say what you want about them, they're disciplined. They're very disciplined with Mike Vrabel. And it's hard not to like Mike Vrabel. He's, you know, he's a cool story, man. And that's a guy that, like, I would want to play for. Um, It's just the Titans, man. They're tough. They're a tough, tough team. Get a look at them this weekend, Broncos country. Keep your eye on Derrick Henry because that man is an absolute problem. And one thing I will say is Draymond Jones – you better strap it up, dude, because we're counting on you to stop Derrick Henry. Alex Singleton, you go back and you watch film, and I know they gush over Alex Singleton. So many of Alex Singleton's cleanup tackles are be, should be credited to the defensive line and what those guys are doing right now. Those guys are playing great. They're playing on fire, and they're playing for each other. DJ Jones, another huge part of that as well. Mike Purcell, I see you, big fella. You're getting in there. I, I need the consistency to get there a little bit more. But uh, the defensive line, man, this 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 unit, needs to harness the defense because, yeah, yeah, I get it. Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, PS2. But you get your attitude from the linebackers and the defensive linemen. That's where things really, for me, come into truth. And you look yourself in the, in the mirror. Are we going to stop Derrick Henry or aren't we? Uh, I'm not going to leave that up to Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. I'm looking right at Draymond Jones. I'm looking right at the outlaw. Welcome back, baby. It's been so good. Never thought I'd say that, Nick. It's been so good to see Josie Jewell out there because the Broncos need him as well. We got Phil coming in here saying, are we getting anyone back off of the IR after the bye? There's a chance that Tom Compton, he just started practicing again. Maybe he can uh, be another addition to the offensive line. Uh, That's one to keep an eye on. I also think there's possibly a chance for... uh, Gregory, but right now I think that's probably probably not going to happen. So those are the names that stick out to me. I know Caden Stearns just went on IR. He won't be back yet. Uh, we're not going to see, obviously, Darby for the rest of the year. He's out. Uh, right now the ones that stick out to me are Gregory and Compton. Uh, maybe a few other guys could get healthy, but those are the ones. Yeah, Compton, we need him, man. And he, I know he's very active on Twitter. He's, again, man, the big man, the old lineman, D-lineman, all that personality, man. And we need Compton. We need him to step in and start playing. I wanted to get to Savage Boy Kev real quick uh, because everybody's trying to figure out how do we fix this offensive line? How do you throw together a ragtag group of guys and make it work? And he's asking, left tackle Garrett Bowles, which obviously we'd be looking at next year, this sort of scenario. Left tackle Garrett Bowles, right guard Luke Wattenberg, um, maybe you see Natani Moody draft a center, get some versatile linemen in there, um, different tackles in the draft, maybe get a linebacker in the fourth. Look, Savage, I am all for getting a linebacker in the fourth, and I'm wearing my Wyoming hoodie because my guy Chad Muma had a decent game out there for the Jags, guy I wanted the Broncos to get. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's one of these things with the offensive line, and we've talked about it, Nick, where Butch Berry – there's just not a connection right there with this offensive line. So for me, I'm done with Butch Berry. I really am. And I've talked about it on the record. Uh, I've heard some different things. And you can't be a yeller and screamer, especially at the O-line, and and expect them to learn from that week in and week out. Now, it's a grown man's business. I get that. But when is yelling and screaming ever solved anything? And I get you, Broncos country. I hear you. I'm the same guy saying, I want to see some fire out of Nathaniel Hackett. I'd like to see a little anger out of Russell Wilson. But it doesn't mean you need to be a yeller and screamer. It doesn't mean you need to undress a dude right in front of his teammates or anything like that. I think it's a seismic shift that has got to happen with this O-line. And it starts in the O-line room with the coach. But I don't think you're going to see any changes, at least midseason right now. I think George Payton does not want to be that GM that continually flips dudes over. He does not want to be a John Elway in the fact of this is going to be a place where there's high turnover at head coach. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, definitely need to get a little bit more of a edge setters, uh, tone setters on that offensive side of the ball, which right now just doesn't seem to be. Seems a little bit too... Uh, going through the motions and executing. I need some some bullies uh, out there as well. So Gary Palmer, not a bully, always supporting the show, saying, hey, Our Luke, Nick, and Scott, the season isn't over. Absolutely. We still have a good team, and I think we will win a lot of games. One mm. game at a time. I think that's hopefully how they're taking it here. If you beat the Tennessee Titans at Tennessee coming off the bye, you're sitting there at four and five. You have a chance uh, to go on a run. I think the Broncos right now have an, what is it, an 11% chance of making the playoffs right now. You lose this <laughs> game against the Titans, it's pretty much all but over. Uh, yeah. So you got to come out here and win this game, treat it like an elimination game and uh, go out there and improve. And we keep talking about the Broncos defense. What does it look like for the Broncos? Blah, blah, blah. The defense it still comes down to the offense. I mean, the offense has got to score points in the red zone. They got to quit making stupid penalties. Uh, they got to go out there and, you know, not take until the halfway through the second quarter to get a bleep in first down. You know, that's, you can't, you can maybe do that against the Jags as we saw, but ramp up the competition even a little bit and you're losing that game going away. So uh, got to improve there, no doubt. Hopefully, uh, again, one game at a time, you get there. What are you, three and six right now? Get to four and six, you're that much closer. You're one game at a time. As cliche as it is, it's really true. You can't be thinking the big term. You just got to go out there and win the next one. Yeah, one game at a time. And when you look at the Broncos' remaining schedule, I think they only have three NFC opponents left, maybe two. So these AFC games, I mean, they really matter. And you're already behind the eight ball with losing some games you shouldn't have very early in the season. So, yeah, every game's a must-win game, no matter how cliche it sounds. Garth Knight, our guy coming in to MHI, $5 Super. Appreciate you, Garth. What are we going to do about Melvin Gordon? He's paralyzed out there. If he can't run with heart, He's ineffective. Let him loose or release him. This one's tough. Uh, I've been calling for Melvin Gordon to be off of the Broncos for two years now. Never wanted him here in the first place. But when you see a room that is just becoming crowded with new guys, that's telling you something. And I talked about it when you were fixing your thermometer or whatever, Nick. Uh, thermometer. Your, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Your thermos, thermos thermometer, your heater, whatever the hell it's called. I said it. I'm like, dude, I don't know why Melvin Gordon's here. Latavius Murray's come in. He's already got the trust from Nathaniel Hackett. And when the chips are down, you're seeing handoffs. Not to Melvin Gordon. This big physical back that's a veteran, a former pro bowler that everybody told me we need so bad now that Javante Williams isn't here. Latavius Murray's getting those reps. Chase Edmonds is about to get in the game. Mike Boone really hasn't found his, his niche 
but I really don't, I'm not going to put that on him because the offense, I mean, who the hell can in this offense, unless you're a giant like Latavius Murray plowing through people. But what are the Broncos going to do with Melvin Gordon? Why is he on the team? What's his role? Because it seems to diminish just a tad every week. It's been in flux. Uh, I felt like after that chargers game where they really sat him on the bench after the beginning, maybe they're going to go off there. Uh, but thermostat, yeah. But uh, thanks, Col- thanks, Colin. Yeah, yeah, man of words, man of words. <laughs> I gotta say, though, also, you're talking about Latavius Murray. How unesthetically, or yeah, unesthetically pleasing is this Broncos run game with him right now? It's literally just a rub- rugby scrum. You know, there's no yeah. lanes, there's nothing. It's like he hits a wall and then they push I him forward. It. It's <laughs> you talk about the Broncos with like um, le- uh, last place in the NFL on explosive runs so far this season. It's because the offensive line and that's what's working right now. I guess they can be efficient there but god they are so far from being explosive and that sucks because teams are playing white boxes against the broncos there should be room it just goes to show how bad this offensive line has been uh and you know i'm an analytics guy seeing this offensive line metrics with the broncos being a top 10 unit i just scratching my damn head what are what are we measuring here to be these variables to get these outcomes but uh I digress. Uh, Travis Weber coming in here saying, good evening, Luke, Nick, and Broncos country. Still bleeding orange and blue. Well, if you're bleeding orange and blue, you should see a doctor. Nah. Um, (laughs) Thanks to Travis. We appreciate you. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. Just like you guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, Season's not over yet. A lot of good football to watch. And it's, you know, you're three and six. You are what your record are, but we still have half a season to go figure out where this team falls. And luckily for the Broncos, there's only two great teams in the AFC right now. And unfortunately, one of them has been your division. But there's a lot of winnable games still in front of you if you improve. You can't keep putting out the offense the way it's been so far this season. But uh, winnable games for sure. Uh, You're closer uh, than your record indicates. You've lost a lot of close, ugly games with self-inflicted wounds. Clean some of those up. Those L's can turn into W's quickly. Yeah, I think ultimately you're seeing just a immature team across the board, whether that be through the coaching staff and the players. I know, I know, I know Russell Wilson's a veteran. You got guys like Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, but I do think you have immature guys. I think Jerry Judy is still maturing in his own right, not only as a player, but as a man. We have to keep in mind that these guys are young. And sometimes I forget that, Nick, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, you know, I'm 31 years old. I've learned life lessons that these guys haven't yet and and vice versa. I mean, so I'm not going to call these guys kids and just let them be naive and think that they can do whatever they want. And you've got an older veteran player like Melvin Gordon, who has been buttoned up this week. I I will give him credit for that. I was going to be the first one to jump on Twitter and be like, dude, you're chirping because you got Chase Edmonds in town. Latavius Murray was here, but say what you will. I don't know if Patrick Smythe got to him or what. Radio silence on Twitter right now. So nothing but love for Bradley Chubb, which is something you need to see, especially in the bye week. Now, keep your eyes on the bye week, too, because as we know, other fan bases let us know this at nauseum that the Broncos don't exactly have the best arrest record in the NFL in their past. But uh, this year, they're doing okay. If there's a problem to be had, it's probably going to happen on the bye week. Thank God Halloween is beyond us, Nick, because we don't have to worry about a Halloween party um, nobody got in trouble over there in London or anything like that, but you just got to hope that guys stay healthy and stay out of trouble, keep their nose down the rest of the bye week. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how it plays out. And also he says, how do you feel about trading for Lair- uh, Savage Boy Kev saying trading for Tunsil with a fourth? Uh, if Tunsil was available for a fourth, he'd be on a different team by now. He's not. Uh, I would be shocked if that's the case. I don't know if there's a rumor out there about that, but looking at his contract even, I mean, let's say the the, the uh, Texans trade in this offseason, this upcoming offseason, 16.7 million in dead cap with only 18 million savings. I mean, it's it's the contract is non-tradable. It's set up that way because he's a core piece, but 
go ahead. What are they doing down there in Houston? Speaking of the Texans, and that was a very good question, by the way. If Tunsil was available, I would have to sure. think that George Payton would jump on that. You just got to try to respect the scouting process and the football mind, at least, of George Payton. And one thing he said at nauseum, other than cornerback is a premium position in the NFL, is that we're going to be in on every deal. And he proved that he, he's proved that by trading away Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, getting Russell Wilson here, getting some other cats here. Uh, and Calling like you on say, Christian McCaffrey, they call, they're also in on Christian right. McCaffrey, which is so to your point. So right there to George Payton's yeah. point, he is saying we will be in on every deal and he is at the table. And I think he is earning some respect there. Uh, Cristiano Roden coming in. Thank you so much for supporting MHI with Scott, Nick and I. What's up, guys? I love Bradley Chubb, though. We got great value. How how can run defense overcome his absence? I'm worried for when the backups are in or I'm also worried for when the backups are in. Also, Draymond Jones, AFC player of APY estimate. I'm missing this. Draymond Jones, um, AP. Average per year. What do you oh, think okay, get? average per year. I got that for you, man. I think Draymond, Draymond is going to command at least 19 million per year when you start to look at some of the numbers. And Nick, you said it eloquently. He's not a Chris Jones. He's not a DeForest Buckner. Um, Jonathan Allen, Vita Vea. I mean, you got to compare some of these guys and their current contracts. But when you average some of those similar players, it comes out to about 18.85 million. When you look at the pass rushers and what they're currently getting paid, some of the highest in the league, you're looking at roughly a $21.4 million salary for a pass rusher. And that's including top guys like Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Leonard Williams, Vaughn Miller, and Cameron Jordan. So you've got to kind of take these two numbers, the $21.4 million that Bradley Chubb is probably going to average, Draymond Jones is $18.85 million that he's probably at least asking for, and maybe you try to find a, a number in the middle um, I was surprised to hear George Payton say, we want to try to commit and get something done at the end of the year. I thought that sending Chubb away sent that the clear message, we're going to commit to Draymond probably sooner rather than later. They still have the, uh, the franchise tag in their back of their pocket, which is small amount, but they can save putting it on an interior defensive lineman versus an edge rusher. I think it's about a $3 million difference there for the franchise tag from the DE versus the, the DT. So they have that in the back of their pocket as a uh, negotiation chip, which if, I mean, I know Scott hates it, but if you have it, use it. It's part of the game. Everybody else is using it. So if you have an advantage for it, uh, use it. But I'm guessing somewhere between 18 to 19 million is what Chubb is going to land on, uh, with especially with the big uh, money deals coming down the tracks with TV and Amazon and everything. So that would be my guess. Maybe if it's all, it all matters how the guarantees are set up. I was going to say a five year deal, but the way the guarantee set up, it could be like, oh, it's really a three year deal, you know, like, which, would make sense. So I'm guessing like a three-year deal that looks like a five-year deal where the guarantees drop off come around the 2026 season. Uh, so that way you can renegotiate, trade, or move on from, let's say, if something unfortunate happens. I think you're muted there, Luke. Touche. Happened to me. I spoke too soon. Uh, you're exactly right. That $3 million difference. I mean, that's the difference between those two averages at 18.85 and 21.4 million. And look, that's not including Aaron Donald, his average 31.66 million per year. He's just a freak. So you can't yeah, average his number in there no, because that's going to bring your number up way high. And that's what Draymond Jones obviously wants, but you've got to have that sort of production if you're going to get there. So Broncos country, we're at least starting at 18 million for Draymond Jones. Probably wants more. Again, the franchise tag is there. Clayton Heron coming in. What's up, Clayton? Good to see you. Hopefully you and your kids had a good, happy Halloween. 
and happy Halloween to everybody out there at MHH. Send some prayers to our family. We're all pretty sick. Uh, you guys watch. After this bye, I really think we turn things around. Clayton, many thoughts and prayers. Feel better. Um, yeah, it's the season, man. Everybody getting sick. And I love your optimism. Clayton's just like those fiery Broncos country fans that we get to hear from and interact with that die hard and love their team. And they got some uh, some juice coming into the bye now with at least a victory coming away with a first-round pick, a new player, um, lots of good things to feel better about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, coming off a win, right? So uh, maybe let's let's a winning streak, two games together. Haven't seen that since uh, <laughs> week three. That's, that'd be great. Uh, RD coming in with the uh, Canadian $10 saying, I'm sad we didn't try to trade for some offensive line. Would help with next year not having to sign draft for maybe five new linemen at once. Mm. Quinn Miners is going to be starting it somewhere in the fold next year uh, as part of the plans. I'm also guessing Garrett Bowles will be back in a somewhat renegotiated contract that ups his guarantees, uh, but lowers his cap hit because very hard to flip over an entire offensive line and make it look confident in one season, uh, competent. So I'm guessing your left tackle and your right guard are probably guys you know about. Honestly, this might uh, make some people upset in here. I, I do want a long-term answer at tackle, but if the draft doesn't fall the right way or the bright guy's not available in free agency, I wouldn't mind pairing Cam Fleming, Billy Turner-esque kind of guy with a day two draft pick and then letting the best guy play because you're still making it. You're you're taking two rolls of the dice then, uh, which I think is a very uh, smart strategy of this team. But really, the biggest thing for me is the interior offensive line. you got to improve at center and left guard compared to what you've had. You probably need to invest in it and be better than the average team given the parameters and limitations you have with Russell Wilson, both in terms of pass and run game. So uh, those are the ones that I think they need to invest heavily in. You're not going to hear me call in for a first round pick at center or guard, unless that guy can eventually become a tackle. But, or they're uh, from Iowa. If Tyler Linderbaum was in this class, and <laughs> I know. And I was high. I was high on him. And I remember uh, you weren't to be fair. At, at top 10. I wasn't a top 10 guy. If they would have traded down and taken where he fell, which was, I think 24. Yeah. We could have had a conversation, uh, but um, definitely areas the Broncos need to attack here. That being said, I've said it on here a million times. People don't want to hear it, but it's the reality of the situation. Free agency is for your immediate needs. The draft is about the long term. Uh, so if you want to make sure that you feel somewhat confident going into the draft where the guys that we have already on the roster are ones that we can live with, and then if the draft falls away, you can bring in a tackle or a guard or a center. Hallelujah. We love that. But you cannot be in a situation where if I don't take position X going in the draft, we're screwed. Uh, that's how you make bad picks. So defensive line, cornerback, maybe if you're picking even like 30, a linebacker, Luke, I, I don't know if, if you're going to stick with this penny front, having a linebacker, if there's only one on the field needs to be able to cover some space and do some things. Uh, who knows? Um, the only position I would not, I would bulk at really hardcore right now would probably be in this class uh, safety and uh, the running back, but everything else should be on the table for the Broncos, depending on what happens in free agency. They need major upgrades, and the offensive line is going to be interesting this offseason. Calvin Anderson is a natural position at left tackle. Um, I've heard rumblings ever since training camp that the Broncos like him at left tackle, but they don't love him at left tackle. They're not committed to Calvin Anderson the way they're committed to Garrett Bowles. So uh, people need to remember that Garrett Bowles is an athletic guy as well. There was talk early on in his career, maybe he's not getting it at left. You should throw him over to right. Now, I don't want to try to teach a, an old dog new tricks, so to speak, because Garrett is so 
certainly done better in his career, but nothing that nothing crazy, nothing that I would commit my life to and say, you're going to be the left tackle for the rest of Russell Wilson's tenure here with the Denver Broncos because you're the best. I'm always keeping those options open, but those options have to be via free agency, via trade. You've got to get a proven commodity now to help Russell Wilson, not five years from now, now, because we don't know what Russ is going to look like next week. How the hell are we going to guess what Russ in this offense is going to look like five years from now? You're exactly right. You build your team in the draft. You make your team in free agency ready to win now. So I completely agree with that. And it's really frustrating when you look at the offensive line because people are going to continue to scoff at the right tackle position that you mentioned. And I get it. We kicked off the show by saying people love their players. Fanatical. It's that word for a reason. And Dalton Reisner, everybody loves 66. I got on Twitter right before the show, saw he was out there doing what? Charity, right? This guy's always doing charity and his time off. Him and his wife, him and some of his other teammates. It's so cool to see that. But what's not cool is to see him getting blown off the ball, missing assignments. Um, he's not the only one, though. So George Payton has got some really difficult decisions. He likes to play on rookie contracts and, and have guys out there and try to make the most of them. But now you're coming towards the end of some of these rookie contracts and you've got tough decisions to make, especially with a lot of veteran pieces in place on offense, including quarterback, the most important piece. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, earlier we talked about who could be available for the Broncos. There's a few guys here that would uh, potentially interest me that might be free agents, uh, especially given the contract salary cap limitations that these teams might have. And I'd be fine. You said you didn't want to spend a big money, maybe on a guard or center. I want to walk out of this free agency class with one of the best guards and centers in the class. I'm, I'm ready to make a huge investment there. Uh, one name that really sticks out to me has been struggling a tad this year with an injury, but he's been incredible. Uh, Elton Jenkins from the Packers. Obviously the Broncos have familiarity with him. And then you have former first round picket center. Who's a excellent athlete for the wide zone blocking scheme and Garrett Bradbury uh, for the Vikings. I think both those guys are going to be free agents this year. Yep. Uh, both would intrigue me uh, tremendously. Then you have one less piece to worry about on this offensive line, a left guard center. Um, I would be fine with either of them. I think honestly, they are with Russell Wilson, how this team is built as important as uh, the tackle. And you actually might get a, you might get a benefit or a, what's the word I'm looking for better value paying the interior against the dollar of the tackle. Cause the tackle is going to cost you way more for a B level player than even an a level player on the interior. So that that's where I'm at right now with how this team is set. Russell Wilson needs space. You need to be able to run the football. I think that more so starts with the interior than the tackle position right now. Old man, Jason Kelsey <laughs> will be a free agent next year at uh, 35 years of age. Uh, apparently he'll be out there. Connor McGovern. Right. Remember that he used to be a guard and then the Broncos made him a center. He's coming to the end of his contract with the Jets. Um, Mitch Morris, Rodney Mitch Hudson. Morris. Those are a few other names to look at in 2023. So I think that's a reasonable expectation, Nick. It, I'm curious to see what the, the pay scale is. But my God, if they're willing to pay Melvin Gordon what they've paid him for being a Denver Bronco, give the big men some money. Garth Knight coming in here. Speaking of that money, generous donation, helping us keep the lights on. Five bucks. That Frisco first rounder might have, end up being in the teens. I don't see CMC staying healthy beyond two more games. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, right now, that 49ers team is playing pretty good football. I do think that Christian McCaffrey adds a has a gravity to his ability out there. So, um Pulling against them. I'd like a lot of those guys like Kyle Shanahan, but uh, hopefully they can stay healthy, but still lose. 
Well, and something you said on Twitter yesterday I wanted to bring up too is you said something that I thought was very fair and very honest when you start to look at trends. That's the biggest thing that we have as analysts. You try to look at trends, try to get ahead of them, you try to catch up to them, try to copy them. It's a copycat league. What does George Baton love to do in the draft? He loves to get capital. What does he love to do in trades? Get capital. So, Broncos country, don't get attached <laughs> to this first rounder from San Francisco. Maybe he trades down to try to get more picks. He likes second rounders a lot. Again, with the first rounders, of course, you get the fifth year option. But the meat and potatoes of your draft, obviously, rounds two through, what, five, if we want to be really honest. Um, it's it's tough with Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers. And I get Broncos country wanting to laser focus into them. But this season is still going on. Uh, you saw a major change with Bradley Chubb. Just because I like the move doesn't mean it's not a major change. Doesn't mean there won't be ramifications. and how this locker room responds is going to be really interesting under defensive coordinator Ezro Evero, under head coach Nathaniel Hackett. The one thing we can say about Nathaniel Hackett, he seems to be keeping all these guys together. I mean, we could say what we want about Russ, say what we want about him, say what we want about the whole damn team. These guys are in it together. Yeah, they definitely seem in it together, but they're still very much in it. I'm curious to see how things go going forward. I mean, it sounds like, from what I've gathered that if the Broncos lost that game against the Jags, Nathaniel Hackett might've been left yep. in London. Uh, so how much together can they be with him? Uh, if they are, you is, know, one, one loss away from losing their head coach. Is that why there was such a seismic shift in the offensive play calls? I mean, it's like, it almost felt like a panic move that needed to happen weeks ago. You know, like, because that momentum, you can't go back and play those games. But it was so drastically different. And I hear you. There was execution. Absolutely. I asked you the question earlier. Players started making plays, whether that was on the offensive line. That's looked horrible. But let's be honest. Let's not make this rocket science, all right? Yeah. Go out there and maul another man. Put him on his back, and you've mm -hmm. done your job. You don't need to worry about any other assignments. And, of course, I make it sound easy sitting here in my nice little chair in my office studio. But... Graham Glasgow is a professional. He knows how to do this. Dalton Rise. You don't have a lot of daisy fresh rookies on this offensive line that are just being thrown to the wolves. They need to pull this together. And if that means they need to be so motivated by not liking their offensive line coach, that's fine with me. Find some sort of a motivation and keep it together. Uh, Garth Knight, we really appreciate the support, man. It's been absolutely awesome to hear from you guys here on MHI with Scott on the ones and twos, Nick Kendall. Yours truly, Luke Patterson. Please get at Scott on Twitter, at Scout Kennedy, at Nick Kendall, if you'd like to talk to Nick, or at Luke Patterson LP, and head on over to the mothership at Mile High Huddle as well. And sound off. How are you feeling about Bradley Chubb becoming a Miami Dolphin? I think the news was today, Nick, he's going to wear number two. Mm -hmm. um, we keep getting weirder and weirder with these jersey numbers, man. I love star players wearing the single digits. Uh, I mean, it makes it flashy. You know who to look for. I mean, anybody, uh, the, I'd like it to become a thing eventually where it's like, okay, you see the single digit out there. That's the dude to watch. Um, now, when they start giving it to players who aren't the stars, that's an issue. But um, I like when, they've got, <laughs> when the great players get those single digit numbers, kind of like in baseball. You see that in baseball as well. Some pitcher yeah. comes in always, or some hitter right. comes in always number 55. Okay, yawn. Uh, oh, it's Albert Pujols coming to the plate. Number five. Uh, Yadier Molina came in as 41. They're like, oh my God, this guy can play. Give him number four. Uh, so I, I don't mind that so much for the star players earning those numbers. I'd like it to become more of an earned thing going forward, though, versus a guy coming in and immediately taking that number. Well, um, and, go ahead. And speaking of numbers, just real quick, I mean, what was weird? And and, and when I thought that saw that, and of course, I, I started thinking about 
Draymond Jones winning AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He wore number 86 at Ohio State in the defensive mm-hmm. lineman. I mean, how weird is that? Sometimes you see these defensive linemen with 80s. You're wearing a wide receiver's number out there, bro, on the defensive line. I mean, raising hell. And I went back and I even watched some Ohio State film. And it was really, really weird, Nick, because I completely forgot that was the season. Um Draymond Jones' season, I believe it was 2019. He was a junior, and that's when Bosa got hurt, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. And Draymond Jones absolutely stepped up to the plate afterwards, first team, all Big Ten. And the reason I wanted to go back and look at that was how did he respond to some of that adversity? I mean, Ohio State lost their best pass rusher, Nick Bosa. The Denver Broncos just traded away, arguably, their best pass rusher and Bradley Chubb. So I get it's a little bit of a stretch to say – Look, he's going to have the same success he had at Ohio State. He's going to be a pro bowler just like he was an all-Big Ten conference player. No, that's not it. But I think you see that Draymond Jones is a dog, something I've been asking for a long time. Where are the dogs on this team? Maybe this dog needed just a little bit more vindication to have a little bit more bark and a little more bite to his game. Naj coming in. Happy Halloween to you and your family, Naj. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Appreciate the support, brother. It looked like having K.J. Hamler and Greg Dulcich on the same side of the field worked very well, especially when the Broncos went up-tempo. From your perspective, was it Nathaniel Hackett improving or better execution? That's a good question, Nas. Hard question. Yeah, it might have been a little bit of better execution, but also it's such a small sample size against one team. Sometimes you get a matchup that works for you with against a certain coverage or opponent uh, structure and you spam that until they can stop it. So just because it worked this week against the Jags does not mean it's going to work against uh, Amani hooker and the uh, Tennessee Titans defense uh, in two weeks. So we'll see, I think getting Dulcich out there as a vertical seam stretcher along with KJ Hamler, who, I mean, one of the probably the most explosive player on this Broncos offense uh, out there together. Um, Maybe next time, instead of throwing between them, you can throw to one side of them and that that guy can come up with it. Uh, But um, definitely something to look forward uh, going, something to look forward to in these next few weeks with uh, these weapons starting to come together. And Hey, maybe Cortland Sutton will start to step back up as well. And it's got to be execution because one thing about Mike Vrabel, as creative as a coach as he is, he's not out there trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's something I really respect about him. He takes his players and tries to utilize their best strengths. Now, he's just like every other head coach where there are injuries and all sorts of things. And he's got to somehow have Band-Aid approaches here and long-term fixes there. And he's got to figure it out. But he's a no-nonsense. We're going to line up and we're going to play old-school football. And I absolutely love it. So if you're on this Broncos offense, let's not try to reinvent the wheel here, okay? We've seen this Mike Vrabel defense for years throughout the NFL. We know how this defense is going to be against the Tennessee Titans. You said it earlier in the show, Nick, these safeties are not respecting this team at all. So it doesn't need to be a a big, splashy shotgun go route or anything like that, a reverse. Let's start with some quick slants. Let's start with some draws. Let's start with some screens. Let's go elementary. And who cares? If the it, Mike Vrabel probably knows what some of those offensive calls are. That's why he's in the league. It's not just this total chess match of, can I be a more creative play caller than Mike Vrabel? It's got to be this next week against the Tennessee Titans. Can I execute with my team as best as Mike Vrabel can with his? Because if they don't, the Titans are going to absolutely wipe the floor with the Broncos. I don't expect that to be the case. I think you're going to have a rallying moment, if you will. If there was ever a time 
for a rallying cry. It's this bye week after the Broncos traded away Bradley Chubb. Yeah, you'd hope. Uh, we'll find out a lot about this team going forward. And uh, we also got Garth Knight coming. Thank you so much, Nash, for coming in here. Uh, glad to see that you seem to be a little bit better today. I know you were down in the dumps yesterday with this trade, and I get it. It's supposed to be a good year for the Broncos, and we're trading our best players away again. But uh, still have a chance. Um, let's let's see how this Titans game goes. So you're telling me there's a chance. It's going to be chance. okay, Nash. It's going to be okay, baby. I promise yeah. it's going to be okay. Melvin Gordon's going to be gone soon, and we're going to be good again, man. We're going to be good. Hang in there. Draymond Jones, Paymont Draymond. Uh, guys, I'm a firm believer in Hackett getting one year at least. That said, what is your biggest complaint with Hackett? Just the complete lack of discipline of this team right now. I mean, just every single chance they have it uh, to shoot themselves in the foot, it seems like they do. Stupid, undisciplined penalties, uh, not executing in the red zone, uh, the untimely turnovers, but really it's it's the lack of discipline and uh, execution from the the penalty side of things. You cannot be this bad on offense playing with margins this small in the NFL and uh, continually totally blow the other team out of the water in terms of penalty yardage and terrible uh, penalty situations too comes down to a coach that is not, doesn't have this team focused, not in the right position and uh, not mentally in the right space committing this many penalties uh, so far this season, especially one year off of uh, how they were with Vic Fangio. I mean, it's a big difference last year to this year with the penalty difference. Yeah, I think, man, that that goes first and foremost, discipline. I mean, this is stuff that is just BS, trying to clean it up. And it's the same stuff over and over again. And it just drives people crazy. You're pulling your hair out just like we are. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say his ability to adapt drives me absolutely crazy because I know he can do it. He's a coach's son. He's been around this game his whole freaking life. He's coached Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the NFL. He knows how to adapt. But does he? We saw one case of it, at least on the right side, with a victory the other day against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I was really relieved. Um, Better late than never, (laughs) especially for, what, week seven, week eight? But for me, man, it's just this game isn't that hard. It's, It's about how you react to not only the other team, but your own performance. When you're having disciplinary issues with flags on the field, the answer shouldn't be let's keep doing the same thing or let's panic. It should be let's go back to elementary basic football and get that going. And I was happy to see it against Jacksonville. No, it wasn't flashy per se. Yes, there were big plays with Greg Dulcich. Yes, there were big plays with K.J. Hamler. But those are yards after the catch sort of things that you're happy to get cherry on top but the basic fundamental aspect of a tight end running in the seam nick i mean that made me so happy because we haven't seen it for so long i mean last time we saw it really was with drew Locke missing albert o or noah fant or yeah and that was so atrociously bad but at least we were trying to see it so adapting adapt and overcome it's what you got to do in the nfl nathaniel hackett did that because his job was on the line yep 100% 100% and uh, still on the line uh, this upcoming week, it seems like, or two weeks from now. You got the bye week to enjoy a little bit. Hopefully, you get some good weather out there in Denver while you're out there. Um, Beautiful. Before we get on out of here and wrapping it up, Luke, I kind of want to do a just an overall assessment on three trades uh, that happened this past week that I think are worth putting, in, at least reflecting on, uh, going forward with the, the NFL draft and just team building in general. Uh, the first one being Bradley Chubb. What do the Broncos get for Bradley Chubb in a trade? For a grade? For for a trade. Now, what what was the compensation return? 
Oh yeah, Which, they got a uh, they they got first round draft pick the San Francisco 49ers. They got running back Chase Edmonds and then a fifth round pick in 2024. All right, edge rusher. Uh been up and down, only half a year of control left. Uh but a pretty darn good return for somebody who's missed about as many games as they've played. Uh former fifth overall pick, top 10 pick. Another top 10 pick, former top 10 pick traded this week. Uh and with a year and a half left of control, missed some games with some injuries, but been a pretty good player when out there. TJ Hawkinson. TJ's Hawkinson moved in division from the Detroit Lions to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not going to quiz you exactly what it was. Uh, I think I saw what the value turned out being in that trade was about the equivalent of a mid to late third round pick. So night and day difference there um, from the tight end to the edge rusher uh, for the trade there. TJ Hawkinson compared to Bradley Chubb. Uh, and then the final one I wanted to talk about here real quick, uh, just bringing this final point home, uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan hmm. Smith traded from the Chicago Bears to the Baltimore Ravens for the equivalent of a late round two pick. I think maybe even early round three with what uh, the bears gave back as well. Uh, missed some games as well. Two former eight overall picks and a former number five overall pick. The edge rusher is a staying power uh, and the value carries over way more than those other positions. As soon as you use a top draft pick on a non-premium position, unless they become a hall of fame trajectory player, that value evaporates tremendously. Uh, so just when thinking about the draft going forward and, you know, calling for a position that's not paid as much on the open market or a, a value position per se, uh, you are always hoping for the best. But when you're talking about moving on from some of these players, you're going to retain much more value on the floor uh, if they are one of those higher value positions, as long as they are also good players. You know, you can't be out there drafting a Clellan Farrell, so to speak, with a fourth overall pick. <laughs> always want to get right. that shot into the Raiders, but <laughs> it's just something to think about um, going yeah. forward when you're forming these perspectives on these big boards in the draft process. I think that's important to, to mention because look, the most important position in sports is the quarterback. And mm -hmm. how do you defend that? Well, sure. You can go draft a million corners and try to hope you get one, or you could try to get some of these elite pass rushers that you see this trend every year growing stronger and stronger. And yes, they hold their value. It's a lot like buying a new truck off the lot, right? You're going to lose that value immediately after. Yeah. That's not the case with some of these pass rushers, specifically in their first round with that fifth year option. Um, Bradley Chubb for me, look, He's had a, a good season. A very, I'm very happy for him to be in Miami. He deserves to get paid. I want him to get his money. But I'm glad he's getting paid by the Dolphins because I never wanted to pay him as a Bronco. It, just the injury history that, the man, there's not enough on there for me. So I think he was sort of a um, – he got the benefit of some good health this year and what the dolphins need. And look, it's all what it's worth to you. And the dolphins have gone all in. I mean, here's one trade you, that you didn't mention, obviously, because you are making your point about pass rushers, Wilson, Jeff Wilson. I mean, like I didn't really quite see that Roquan mm -hmm. Smith. And you know, I love linebackers. You know, I love linebackers. When I found out what the, what the Ravens got, got Roquan Smith for it drove me nuts it really did this is a man that's been trying to get out of Chicago since training camp he represented himself Nick one of the reasons why he couldn't really get traded early in my opinion he can't exactly pick up the phone and start calling teams saying hey do you want to come trade for me I represent myself it's a mess but to your point with the draft coming up edge rusher what are you going to do Denver are you going to start eyeing an edge rusher next year because you know that they hold their positional value then again, you just paid big money for Randy Gregory. And you've got a lot of decisions to make on the O-line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just had to get that last little bit in there, Luke, uh, just for the philosophical uh, aspect of things. Uh, but fun to talk with you. Uh, Broncos, we're going to miss Bradley Chubb. Uh, good player for the Broncos. Didn't work out exactly like we had hoped, but 
That's been true of almost every single move uh, this team has made since God before Bradley Chubb was even here, 2016. So hopefully uh, Bradley Chubb finds a success and I'm not going to cry for him because he's about to get a, be a very wealthy person uh, <laughs> out there in Miami playing football in a state where I think there's no uh, income tax. So God Correct. bless him. Good, good for him. Uh, and uh, hopefully the Broncos can make the best of this first round pick. We're going to have a lot of time and a lot more interest uh, going forward this off season without a first round pick. I got to say, you know, I'm a big college football guy. Wasn't spending as much time combing through uh, watching draft prospects at the top because weren't going to be picking up there. Still might not be picking up there. We'll see what happens with the, uh, the trades, but definitely a little bit more interest now. And April just got that much more intriguing, which I wish November <laughs> and December and January were more interesting for Broncos country. Maybe they still can be, but uh, happy that we have uh, some intri- intrigue in April back injected in our veins. Yeah, I start my evaluations, as you know, a lot later than you guys all do here in December. But no, Bradley Chubb, sign your deal quick, man. There's a little bit different weather down there. I hope your body holds up. Uh, I think Bradley Chubb is going to put pen to paper relatively quick, knowing the nature and the beast of the NFL. He's the one that's blown those knees out. He knows all about rehab. He doesn't want to have to go through that stuff again, especially if he hasn't had his money. So I want Bradley Chubb to do well. And hey, he joins his boy, Von Miller. In the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, you're going to see them not necessarily go head to head, but it will be cool to see them kind of dab it up after one of their games. And at least Broncos country, you know, you've always had an eye on the Bills. I know Josh Allen and everything like that. Um, but now maybe the Miami Dolphins, we take a little bit of a closer eye, especially Mike McDaniel, Colorado native, former Chatfield coach, I believe. Um just awesome. Absolutely awesome. So it's been fun, man. It's been fun doing the show. I appreciate you. Let me uh, step on your toes, Scott. I know Scott originally was going to be on today for me. I was able to move some things around. So many apologies and thanks for bearing with me, but no, man, this is a lot of fun. I get it's the bye week but I'm happy that we're talking about all these exciting new things. Maybe the Denver Broncos come out and shock us just like last week at halftime and look completely different. I mean, that's where we're at. Maybe they're the trap game for the Tennessee Titans, and that's a good thing. Uh, When you've got nothing to lose, you're pretty dangerous. Absolutely, and we got a lot of time to prepare for that game and uh, Sunday night football as well, watching the Titans play against the Chiefs, uh, three of the Broncos' next nine or eight games. So uh, going to be fun to watch. Uh, So thanks, guys, so much for joining us today. Make sure you're following Luke on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod. And of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. Appreciate everyone joining us today. I know the Broncos, again, three and six, not exactly where you want to be. Trading some of your best players, not exactly where you want to be, but it's where we find ourselves. And uh, season's not over yet. Got a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited about. The future's yet to be written. But as always, make sure you guys are choosing kindness and compassion. And go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.